Welcome to the Rocket Files, coaching uncut. Welcome back to Rocket Files round 21. Mark, it's good to see you back. We weren't on last week as Dan, our sound technician, was a bit ill. Had a and, big weekend, obviously. Had a big weekend, yes. I don't know if he's in hospital or not, a stomach pump or something like that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're um, here at the Rising Sun again and um, brought to you by Nutterwadding Jeep and Bell and Barnett suits. So um, a big, interesting week of footy. Well, it has been. It's uh, really a great run home to the finals, isn't it? Do you use the uh, ladder predictor on AFL.com? Because you keep punching in combinations. It's just hard to predict. Yeah, you can't. And uh, I think all those sort of uh, systems and they're trying to be computerised and scientific, it doesn't work. And... uh, as when you're dealing with humans, they're worse than dealing with racehorses. So uh, you, you, yeah. you certainly can't predict that uh, down to 10 teams now. Um, North have probably played themselves out of it, but uh, I think Geelong will get in. It'll just depend, depend which team will drop out. Yeah, I was at the G yesterday, obviously, the Demons. It was a game that you thought they'd win because Sydney is still banged up, aren't they? They're a young side and they're very reliant on Buddy still at the moment. But Melbourne, they look tight. They didn't play with that freedom. No, you're right. And uh, I think they, their style of play was all wrong yesterday. They thought they'd be able to get an advantage in the height with Hogan and McDonald uh, forward. They when John joined in as well. Yeah, I think he used to cover down back initially. Yeah, but um, there was extra height, wasn't it? Yeah, so, but they just bombed the ball. They didn't look to lead. Normally they're better when they run the ball and then use the angles and hit some spare players, but they continually bombed the ball. And then defensively, they defended the back space. They, def- they collapsed, what we call collapse. They go back to the goal square, allowed this uh, big void from 40 to 80 out. And uh, the Swans were able to take advantage of of that and create a lot of scoring opportunities. Do you think it's a mental issue with Melbourne? Because uh, sometimes they're free when they're not expected to be. And uh, it's just this weight of sort of expectation, pressure. It's been a long time, 2006. Yeah, I think, and there's been a bit made of it. And they've probably talked about that internally. But uh, I think it's part of their growing pains. They've only become a good side the last two years. Should have made it last year. Uh, But... I think they did. They did tighten up. There's no doubt they tightened up yesterday. Uh, they missed some shots, 3-12 at half time. Had plenty of opportunities, um, but I just didn't think they reacted to the game since uh, during the game that uh, their ball movement going inside 50 was so predictable whole game. And Sydney are the best at defending that. Sydney are the best at defending from their back 50. They needed to hit up targets and then set up behind the ball and then defensively. They were very poor, allowing Sydney so much access of going inside 50. He was in the rooms after the game. Alan Jakovic was in there, Rodney Grinter and uh, Paul Hopgood. He said his second best player to come out of Chelsea, Paul Hopgood. <laughs> so uh, obviously Lee Matthews from there. But they were, they were pretty flat down there. And, um, but the, the word is I spoke to Tom McDonald and Goodwin was very, very positive. So that's a ploy, isn't it? You have to be. You can't get too down. He said, look, we've just got to move forward. Yep. A few little things to work on. We've just got to win another game and we'll be fine. But uh, would you have been so positive after that? Um, I think you've got to talk about where they've got to improve. And I, I think you know, coach staff got to take some responsibility about, as I mentioned, their, you know, their method yesterday. Being uh, so positive and if that's right, what they're saying internally, that seems to me as if they're just happy to get to the finals. That's all they want to just get there. So they're not going to cause any damage if they get there. Um, I, th- I think by now, I think they'll be disappointing because I think with the talent they've got that they needed to have cemented a spot. I don't think they're a top four team. They, and they might be and should be in the next few years. But I think they should have cemented a spot by now. And if they'd won yesterday, it would have been a good season. They would have cemented a spot, probably a chance for top four, but really cemented a spot in the top eight. Well, they haven't cemented that. They've got two hard games. 
and there's no guarantee they'll get there. Sydney just look more professional to me. You know, they're just such a professional outfit, aren't they? The way they go about it, the right thing at the right time. Everything went wrong. Spargo had a couple of shots from about 30 metres and couldn't make the distance. So did Hogan had shots and missed goals. Um, yeah, they. I think the thing with Sydney, and I think they were on their last legs last week. I mean, how they lose to Gold Coast Suns has got everyone beat. Uh, but had a good win against Collingwood last week. A good win, really, with a lot of grit, having two players off. But uh, they just know, with experience, and it's something that teams have got to learn, is just do what's expected of you at the right time. You don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to do, win the game on your own. And Melbourne have got a couple of players who think they can win the game off their own boot, instead of doing predictable stuff. And it's just doing the basics right over and over and over again. And that's the basis of Sydney's play and that's the way they defend and they you now they called on that that they you know they dug deep as far as their will of experience and Kennedy and uh, Buddy and uh, these players even Hanbury and Parker they just stood up at the yeah. right time McCartan's a good player isn't he? he is again he's a player who just does the what's expected of him at the right time competes uh, takes a mark every now and that mark and defense in the last last dying minutes was was a sign of a good player kicked a goal last week just by by persisting and, and just staying in the contest. Yeah, what about North? I mean, 20 points, 28 up at half time, and they think, well, we're just going to roll through here. The doggies, not a lot to play for. And when you look at the injury list of both those sides, the dogs probably 8 to 10 out, and North almost full strength. I mean, they get weight back, Higgins back. They're virtually missing no one. You'd be pretty filthy if you're uh, Brad Scott waking up this morning. Yeah, Jacobs is probably the only one. Yep. Um, but they've had... Th- Bulldogs have had three players with 40 possessions, first time ever any team. Now, a lot of those are handballs around the circle, but that's the way the dogs play at their best. They give a lot of quick hands to release someone out. Their first half, they were so predictable again. We spoke about Melbourne. Just long bombs, uh, Magic Doors having a picnic. Um, didn't change their style of entry. Obviously, after half time, they did. But I think North's pressure dropped away, allowing uh, the Bulldogs exit from the, from the contest and stoppages and releasing players, and the Bont had 14 possessions, but a lot of them were on the outside. So their outside game, and except for their game in Tassie when they beat West Coast, the Kangas have looked fatigued and tired, have looked as if they've hit the wall. And so they've achieved more than people think. I mean, they can't afford to think like that. There's still a final um, spot to play for. But I reckon at the end of the season, they'll say, well, we've achieved more than people thought, maybe than what we, we thought, but they need to go again mm. next but year. But they're not but a young list at the moment, the, the team they're putting out. So the no, issue is, right, and they've had very good run with injuries, which is part good management and good luck as well. So if they have a few injuries next year, they haven't got a lot of depth. So this really is their chance. I, I can't see North improving next year. I think it's no, more and, and, a, a backward step to come forward again. And we think we've spoken a lot about people saying how young they, they sold a young team early in the year, but how experienced they, they are. Um, and Goldstein and Waite and Tarrant and Thompson and Zebel and Cunnington. So they've got a, a good thread of um, experienced players. Um, I think it probably showed with, if they don't bring their pressure and heat, how much they can get beaten on the outside. Um, so that here they're chasing Aaron Hall, they're chasing Polak. So obviously they've identified internally. Would you go are. after Hall, Rodney? I mean, you know him. Depends what they've got to give up for him and how much yeah. they pay for him. Like he's his highlights reels good. Oh, it is. He, but what he, about the, the edits on a Monday? Are those good? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. They probably fall a bit short. But like he he can be a game breaker. Um, there's no doubt about that. He can help you win games. He's got good speed on the outside. Now there's a few parts of his game that uh, would 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 frustrate and has frustrated coaches, including myself. Um, and his teammates, but 
if he, you know, he's 27, 28 now, so whether he can change that you know, consistency of defensive pressure um, and, and, and consistency of uh, the contest. But certainly from their point of view, if they've got enough in Cunnington and Zeeble and these blokes and Higgins who are really good, he, you know, he can add that bit of class on the outside. Port Adelaide, um, it was pretty brave in the end, wasn't it? And West Coast... Really, you, you sensed that they were going to come, but, gee, they left it late. And West Coast probably, if they were playing smarter footy, should have had that wrapped up earlier because Port were just hanging back, really yeah. had the finger in the dike. Like, it was a really brave effort, as you said, mm. from Port. 24 points up at quarter time, slowly but surely pegged back, but not really making any a lot of inroads. Um, 15 uh, down at three-quarter time, West Coast. They were still eight down mm. with 45 seconds to go. So that only made seven points inroads. They had 15 more inside 50s mm. West Coast. Didn't look as if they were going to break the game open at all and should have been, especially with Dixon, Ryder and Houston yeah, off. they weren't using it that well going no. forward, were they? They had 45% kicking efficiency yeah. in the first quarter. Like, they were yeah. butchering the footy. Now, that's sewn up a top two spot, but they they won't get Gaff back. They won't get Nat and Nui back. Kennedy will be back, but is he going to be underdone? They would need to lift their work rate because I, I, you would think if they played GWS in the first final in Perth that GWS would get them. So Melbourne might get them this week, as silly as that yeah, sounds. No, that, you're exactly right. Because the pressure's off a bit now. The pressure's off. The West Coast, West Coast no, are off and they'll probably coast a fraction. Think, and well, they may arrest a, a, yeah. a need of, uh, a player or two. So, um, yeah, but it's a big loss for them. That's four they've lost by, nine points or less. They've, they've blown some chances, haven't they, to cement their spot. And certainly I think they're the ones that are under the pump to maintain their spot. Let's go back to school. Well, this is where we delve into the brains of the coaches. And there's some coaches going pretty well at the moment. Rodney, um, Alistair Clarkson, he's had a good career, but it's almost career best with this list. You know, he's had a few challenges with injuries. They've lost Cyril Rioli, and um, they're sitting in the top four. Yeah, he's done, I suppose, midway through last year. Um, they lost him, the Gold Coast Suns, beat them twice last year, and then... They were well coached then. That was <laughs> real tactical work there. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a reset, and... Yeah. Um, Really, to that last 12 months, it's probably the best he's coached. You would think of results-wise, uh, with what he's had to work with. Certainly against the Essendon game last week, he, no, he won the game with some, you know, the Gunston kicked the five or whatever it was. But he's a couple of little moves, a couple of little tactical things, certainly stoppages and uh, players in certain positions, the way they move the ball has helped them win that game. But uh, he's been able to get the best out of certain players. Um, we talk about teams, their bottom six. Their bottom six is no better than other teams' bottom six, but they get to, it gets them to play their role. They just they know what they're going to do. You know, they know what they want to get out of them, and those players obviously know what's expected of them. Um, you know, young Warples come in and done exceptionally well. So they they really um, it gets a maximum out of. But their system as well, their system behind the ball, they do defend well. Um, but they have a really good balance that when they go, they go. Smith's really important to them. But certainly overall, Clarkson's been a big winner this yeah. year. Yeah, you can see the brand and what they're trying to do. What's Richo trying to do? What's the brand at St Kilda at the moment? Oh, it is. A, it's a worry, isn't it? It's um, a, a plain brand. Yeah, they um, really not to be able to compete with Essendon the other night. And Essendon lost four players uh, by three-quarter time and had, had two or three off by half-time. Uh, really and Essendon were going away from them. And uh, their skill level's poor. Um, I don't know whether it's a pressure team, whether it's... Uh, an offensive team, uh, whether it's uh, they defend well, they have a lot of players the same. Even as I said, Ross, and it's not critical of it, kicks the ball up the chimney a bit. 
Um, they don't get a lot from them. And uh, I mentioned to Jim Bartell a couple of weeks ago, and he, he went with it on the media side, that team clubs have got to have a rating of where their list is at and be unemotional about it. Um, St Kilda at the start of the year saying publicly top eight and then a couple saying we've chance to challenge for top four. They'll they no chance of doing that. So having an external consultant about it will say, this is where your list is at, this are your holes. If you get injuries, no, you're you know, good. But they weren't getting injuries at the start of the year and were trying really hard. Their effort was really good, so Richard should be pleased with their effort. But they weren't getting results. So there's obviously a problem with the talent they've got on their list. They've missed Robertson, um, who's been a Keith. But they... Um, yeah, they're struggling, but they're getting beaten by margins now. The effort is not as good as it was early in the year, which I think the players, not drop their bundles, not the right phrase, but they're not playing with the same intensity. And um, So an outside consultant, do you think, so an independent just come in with, with, a, with a formula as well, to, or, or just an opinion? Uh, an opi- opinion based, yeah. but also a report to be able to say but this. Clubs the are too proud, though, because how's the list manager at the club? Oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. But they shouldn't and, be, should they? No, they shouldn't. I mean, you, you cannot afford to overrate your list, or. You can afford to underrate, and I suppose everybody underrated North Melbourne, they've jumped up, so that's always a possibility. But once you overrate this, and we've seen that in the past with teams who think they're closer to a premiership and go out and recruit and forget and forget about uh, draft picks, and that doesn't take them anywhere. I suppose Richmond in 92 or 3 or wherever it was. In the spud. Yeah, yeah, yeah when they made a preliminary yep. final. Um, went out and recruited and they went backwards. 95, yeah. Yeah, yeah 95, because they, they weren't really close to a, mm. um, uh, a grand final at that stage. So once you overrate, your expectations go up and then the, then the backside can fall If out. you were Richo, would you still feel safe? He's got a contract for two years, but, um, you know, the sort of swirling in the background of political machinations, you've got a Simon Lethleen review... It's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to comment. Um, you don't know. Different clubs operate differently, but certainly uh, the results... I think if they'd been competitive like they were early in the year, they had the... I think Richo might be the one to take them forward. I think it's shown that he can get teams to play for him, if that's the right phrase, or play together. And But they've dropped away in that aspect. So that may be a confidence level of the players. Um but they certainly needs an influx of talent and probably tactical. They need to need to improve. Uh, around the corner kicks, uh, Rodney. We saw with Rayner, which really was a unforgivable, yes. and then uh, Ollie Wines, which for an experienced player was even worse. You know that could cost Port. That one was probably underplayed. The Ollie Wines, yeah. One. That and, the, and this week to go, no one's touched about yeah. to go. He just played on. Yeah. It was just random. Now someone said, "Oh, well, that's the way he is." But you're less than thirty metres out from goal. He's a good drop punt kick. Why not have a routine to go back and kick? Now, Rayner, the, the week before, people they cut him some slack because of his age. I, I would cut him some slack if he missed the goal, but I don't cut him slack with his routine the way he went about it. But where was the leaders around him saying, coming in, say, just settle down, yeah. take your time? You see, it was that close. He didn't know how long was left. He could have come off his line and the siren could have gone. Yeah, exactly. So why would you risk that? Yeah. And he kicked a nice drop punt goal earlier in the quarter from further out and had a nice routine, and he's within 30 metres or 25 metres, go back. Even if you're going to kick around the, the corner like Stevie J uh, brought into the game, have a routine to do it. Mm. Just don't 
randomly toss a ball yeah. in the air and then just play on. He just and, took off. And that's where Jordan Ngoi did as well. Yeah. He just he, have a routine to do it. If he does that, okay, have a routine. So you're confident in your routine. It's just hit or miss. Jack Rewald, it's got a routine. Yeah, he's got it's a more routine. more like that Gaelic style where it's yeah. a straight line. And he's the left yeah. foot. That's yeah. When he uses the left foot, that's fine. But if you consistently at it, but especially if you're a good drop punt kick and you're on a 45-degree angle, go back and mm. trust your routine. And Simpkin on the weekend yeah. used it for North Melbourne. It's creeping in more and more yeah. that players are going off their line. Yeah. St Kilda had three players at the weekend. Yeah. Loney, yeah, yeah. Billings played on and kicked across his body. got touched. It went through, yeah. but he got touched. And there was another St Kilda player. Why, why do it? it? It's creeping in too much. I and saw it in junior footy yesterday. It is. You know, kids are starting and, to do it. And it's unless you practice it, it's a hit or miss. It's a risk. Mm. Go back and kick a drop punt. Yep. So you just saw Fagan sort of um, cuddling um, Rainer on the way off. Is that, was that what you would have done? Or yeah, not? I think that was the right thing yeah. to do. I think he's a young lad. I think internally then you go, I don't think you criticise him, but say, listen, what you did as far as your routine and just playing on haphazardly is not the way to go. Go back, trust yourself. It gives you a lot of confidence. Go back, you've kicked a drop punch, you are a good kick. Yes. That's the way you got it. Because I, th- I don't know about Rainer, but I think a lot of players do it or they do the dribble kick because it takes the in their mind, it's an out. It's an mm. it's an out if they miss. So oh, I've tried a difficult kick. So people will forgive me, but I I I don't forgive them. You, if if you can kick it, if you can straighten up and kick a drop, but some people are writing straight for goal on the move, and then they cut to an angle to kick on on kick on mm. across their body and miss it. Kick, mm. you can kick the belly of the ball. It just goes up the chimney. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I certainly don't think there's an excuse for it. Yeah, and ten goals to Rewild was a good effort, but in this day and age, how did he get so much space? Oh, he had a paddock was... in front of him, didn't he? It was like 1980s, sort of uh, late 80s Dunstall. Yeah. Yeah, Waverley, you know, where it was just a paddock. And I think it was a good move that once Martin were there, Stephen May took him because uh, it was a good matchup, but it allowed, it allowed Jack off the chain and with space. So perhaps when Martin's there and you've got Rewalt, maybe you put in a one or two back just to stem the flow until Martin gets out and then, and then May can go to Rewalt. Because uh, Leslie was playing forward, so Leslie was the other one that probably could have gone who's a defender. Uh, but it, you're right, it, he had four goals, three in the first quarter. Mm. Kicked ten goals, six. Missed some set shot yeah. and gave four away, four yeah. scoring opportunities away. So there's, there's um, it's 20 scoring yeah. opportunities in one person. That's galling, isn't it, on what was going on up there. And that's, that's just a picnic because the last 10 minutes I was watching, they were just uh, toying around trying to get it to him. Yeah, that's right. And that, and that stopped their, scoring. To, and that stopped their yeah. scoring opportunities because they could have kicked more um, as a team. But uh, they tried it and he got it in the last five seconds. So good on him. Yeah, interesting with Damien Hardwick, though. And this is a real slap, I think, to Dimmer. He got into the press conference and said that um, basically we don't want that every week. If you have a player kicking 10 one out, you're not going to win many games. Well, I think if you look through history, if someone kicks 10, you normally win. Yeah. yeah. I think he's trying to keep a lid on things. A bit oh, I there. think he's been the team team aspect and, and trying to keep uh, Jack in the view that, you know, keep the team orientation, which yeah. he was. Jack was very yeah. much like that. If Jack kicks 10 in the finals, they're going to win, aren't they? Yeah, you would think so. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, Jack's playing extremely well. Had a great year this year and he's kicking two or three goals a week. So, um yeah, it's an interesting dilemma to have. I think he was taking the PI 55 there, Dimmer, with some of the journos. Yeah, he? exactly. And just lastly, I'd just like to talk about Port. The, oh, yeah. You talk about uh, the last goal. I mean, there's a couple of things before that. Cleary kicked the ball inside 50, sort of three-quarter kick, should have kicked it as long as he could. 
get a boundary throw in and compete. The last bounce, I know they had some hide off. Um, wish I was had to take the bounce. But they only had one spare defender, only 45 seconds You'd left. You'd put everyone back, wouldn't you, Nelly? Yeah, in 45 seconds yeah. you would because You're not you, gonna... if you win the ball yourself yeah. and kick it forward, it doesn't matter if they win, win the ball because yeah, they don't yeah. know where to go. But at least they only had one, which was Robbie Gray, who's short. So there's no one to compete in the air. West Coast was smart. McGovern went forward. So even if Wingard came down um, or picks up Dougal Howard's opponent, and then so you've got at least a tall player uh, as one of the extra who can compete in the air and then have an extra two. So um, I think uh, from a coach's perspective, that really, uh, really uh, opened the door. It was for a shortish kick too. It didn't really go to the hot spot, did it? it was, no, uh, just a, it just a, it was a centre bounce and then became a, a, a second bounce. It landed right on his head, he, didn't it? Yeah, it was a quick kick out. Um, and it was, so you needed someone in front of that pack. Yeah. And you needed someone in the air as well to compete. So Kenny would be looking at that thinking, well, he wouldn't want to look at it. I, I think as a coach, you look at what we did wrong as a team or where we can improve. But also as a coach, you assess yourself. And we, and we all make mistakes. And we all have things in, in hindsight. So I wish I'd done that. I wish we hadn't done that. So, but, but that's something they can learn. Welcome to the Press Box. Welcome back. Uh, in the Press Box, Mark, this is your chance to shine. What question you've got? Well, a little bit of news around. I'll start with Cruiser. That's got to be a concern, doesn't it? Of course, he missed, I think, three weeks with that elevated heart rate and then goes for a bit of a jog and again. Yeah. And now gone bit... for the season. I mean... At his age, it looks like... Uh, well, you've got to put might... your, your health... First, there's no first. doubt about that. So, so that'll be a big blow for them. It's going to be a long, tense few weeks, I would have thought, because yeah. um, a very good player, Matty Cruz, a very popular man at Carlton. Yeah, and, uh, so that's, uh, you know, obviously losing quality player would be a big loss for them. It seems a more common thing. This year there's been three or four. For Robertson was one, was obviously out for the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, there's another one as well. So there's another one at Carlton. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not too, sh- not too sure why. Yeah, that's right. I'm not too sure why it would be happening. Um, Bernie Vince as well I mean where do you see his future he gets dropped which is probably a little bit stiff back to the VFL and then gets crunched shoulder he's had surgery won't play again this year uh, my gut feel is that um, probably at 33 he's going to find it difficult I would think he'd find it difficult but uh, uh, the only chance of him staying on would be a really reduced contract and sort of uh, that depth player but do you need that does that then rob a list, uh, spot on the list for a young person to, to be drafted. So the question will be, is he is he better than pick 80 or pick 60 in the draft? It'll be a last draft pick, which you, which you can find some diamonds in the sand. So um, I think he'll be up against it, there's no doubt. Yeah, and the media will be down at Melbourne today, no doubt, because Max Gorn looked a bit sore. I mean, I just didn't have the same impact yesterday. We expect him just to control games. Didn't his, seem to run as much. No, I think around Stats the ground. Down. His tap work was unbelievable. Now, Sydney were able to uh, put clamps on some uh, on the Melbourne opponents, but some of his tap work was A-grade, like straight on the chest and hitting players. But he dropped a couple of marks, uh, didn't have any influence. He's just the possessions. best player in the comp. Yeah, he is. But he, so he was just off a little bit. He, he was off a little bit. Like normally he'd have a, a dozen possessions, maybe take a mark or two, maybe kick a goal. So he didn't have the same impact. Um, obviously didn't train during the week, so obviously was sore in some spot. So would you have given him a rest against Gold Coast or a few of the guys? Because, um, you know, it's been a long battle for Melbourne. They went in, they won by 100 points, but really they didn't need the percentage. They didn't need the percentage. It's a bit like Nankervis, Richmond of Richmond yeah. Nankervis. They've said he's at a quad. Coach played 50% game time. 
too. So that was a sneaky little ploy. So they they really did toy around with yeah, the Suns. Yeah, they did. Because uh, obviously they're worried publicly what what what, mm. what the message sends. Because people <laughs> like me and other people say, well, they should have a rest, and I think it's smart. But some people in the media to get a headline will actually criticise them. But um, yep. I think they needed to play Soldo uh, Richmond just on that side point, yep. and that gives him a game. And if they can get him another game, they might need him. It's right if Nankers yeah. gets injured. At least he's had some senior footy, and I think it was smart. And to answer your question, I think Gorn probably should have been rested against Gold Coast. Yeah. Well, um, what about the the big the blockbuster mockbuster? What do they call it? The Q Clash. The Q Clash. Yeah, the uh, Suns this week versus Brisbane. Because if you look at the latter ramifications, you were just jotting it down there that really both teams, to be honest, for their long-term futures uh, with the draft ahead would prefer to lose. There's no doubt about that. They're half a game, both half a game behind St Kilda. St Kilda you can't see winning. So whoever wins it will go above St Kilda. The Gold Coast have got more to lose. Mm. If they win. So they've got two and three at the moment. Yes, if Lynch, that's if Lynch goes if Lynch, as a free agent. Free agent. Yeah. So they would jump up to pick four. Now, if there's priority picks, maybe, probably not the priority pick's going to be there, maybe at the end of the first round, but they would then go to pick four and five and not pick two and three. So it's a big, it's a big loss um, to do that. Um, and Brisbane will jump up a spot. So Gold the teams, they pick, yeah. teams they pick yeah. and how they play. Now, Gold Coast are struggling at the moment anyway, but they're playing at home. There's a bit of rivalry between the two. Um, you'd hope that there wouldn't be any tanking, but it'd be disadvantageous for, for the Gold Coast to win this week. But it's a difficult position for footy, isn't it? The AFL sort of... They'd be thankful about this because we used to talk about this issue a lot more, um, but it hasn't really come to the yeah, headlines I, now. I, I don't think there's anything the AFL can do about it. It's uh, Unless it's obvious. Um, it's not to get the number one spot, um, and uh, it's only a spot or two on the, on the lift, but... It, I mean, if, if Brisbane had got pick four or pick three, it's not a maybe not a big deal because the talent in top ten. But for Gold Coast, it would be pick two and three versus pick four and five. Um, so um, look, they're probably not going to win anyway. Gold Coast, are they? <laughs> not the way they're playing. They're not. And the Brisbane were a bit poor the first yeah. uh, the last half on the weekend. But the, their form's been pretty good. So you would think you would think Brisbane should go in hot favour. But for all win. the hype and pizzazz around Brisbane, they've only won four games. So and they can't be too happy with themselves. No, so that's they right. seem to be the they, glamour side, which is, you know, they are. The, they've got the glamour and the ritz about them. They've won four games. So something's not quite right there. Yeah, they've, they've had a lot of close losses. I think four by less than a goal. Now, is that young, is that youth and immaturity? What they'll do with by having a lot of positive press and then pushing themselves up as well. The expectation's got to be next year. They've got to get a minimum of eight wins next year. So that, that's where they expect. Now they can't afford just to have four wins again next year. So, um, But if coming back to priority pick, if Carlton and Gold Coast get it, I think Brisbane should get it as well. I think they, they've gone through some tough... You have a look at their wins over the last three years. Now there's a bit of positive about them. But they still haven't got the score on the board. I think if Gold Coast get it, they certainly need one as well. Yeah, but all the positivity is probably... It's brought them undone, Rocket, because they're so fashionable, they're not going to get one. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they've tried to win games and they've tried to score, which is, which is a positive part yeah, But they of the seem fairly content up there. I wouldn't be content with the four wins. Um, no, they, I, I think they, they win three last year, three or four yeah. last year. They needed to have six this year. They need to have eight next year. Well, that's it, Mark. It was, uh, it was a great discussion. So yeah. great to see you again well, after good. our hopefully week off. And you too, Dan. So I appreciate that. Look forward to a new sponsor next week, maybe, Rodney. Yeah, yeah hopefully we'll, we'll actually get on the Hussings. I don't know where we'll look, but we'll try and find. But anyway, brought to you by Nutterwadding Jeep and Bell and Barnett Suits. We'll see you next week. Nice Jeep out there too, Rocket. You give me a spin one day. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs>